under arrest, t-shirts, books, and past events videos that you can check out his website at www.zenpitchslap.com. Um, today we have a reading. Um, we're going to go, if Paul, you have your book available, we're going to go into the doctor's opinion this morning. How's that sound? On page uh, Roman numeral 28. We're going to go to the bottom of the page on the last paragraph, if you're ready. And it goes like this. So Roman numeral 28, bottom of the page, last paragraph. Men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol. The sensation is so elusive that while they admit it is injurious, they cannot at time differentiate the true from the false. To them, their alcoholic life seems to be the only normal one. They are restless, irritable, and discontented. Unless they can again experience the same ease and comfort which comes at once by taking a few drinks, drinks which they see others taking with impunity. After they have succumbed to the desire again, as so many do, and the phenomenon of craving develops, they pass through the well-known stages of a spree, emerging remorseful, with a firm resolution not to drink again. This is repeated over and over, and unless this person can experience an entire psychic change, there is very little hope of his recovery. On the other hand, and as strange as this may seem to those who do not understand, once a psychic change has occurred, the very same person who seemed doomed, who had so many problems he despaired of ever solving them, suddenly finds himself easy, easily able to control his desire for alcohol, the only effort necessary being that required to follow a few simple rules. So that's from the doctor's opinion, page 28, page 29. And um, Paul, if you could rip out on that, I'll get you unmuted. Oh, try one more time, Paul, please. Okay. Good morning, everybody. Paul, alcoholic. Uh, yeah, one of the, the last sentence, uh, of follow a few simple rules. One of them is not drink. Yes, that would be good. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes, Paul, we got you. So, yeah, yeah. let's read this. Let's okay. read this over. See, the way I, I get what is said, prepare to look at this from a radical new angle. Well... When I hear these descriptions, it feels like something is is uh, inhabiting the space you think you fill, yeah? And something has its own agenda, and it's using you uh, to fulfill its desires of expression and everything else, hiding itself in clear, in plain sight through the act of being identified, yeah? So... And that's what happens when that psychic change occurs and that there's been a shift in uh, that which was playing God is now being impeded by something much more powerful than it. we call it the higher power. Then it looks like, hey, uh, what is that? And it's strange as this may seem to those who do not understand, once a psychic change has occurred, the very same person who seemed doomed, 
who had so many problems he despaired of ever solving them, suddenly finds himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol. See, I like the way he keeps using this. Suddenly finds himself. In other words, an effect has happened without him being the cause. Yes? So I didn't produce this effect. I, I become aware of the effect. So I suddenly realize, suddenly finds himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol. Yeah? He found that out. He didn't, he didn't acquire that or strenuously work towards that goal. It happened. Yeah? So basically, we're infected or something is in us, seemingly, and it talks to us as us. And it wants to lead it, lead us to fuck it, its own idea of surrender, to the point where we'll hit a point where uh, I'm willing to pay any consequence tomorrow not to feel uncomfortable now, basically. And uh, we drink and get loaded, and then down the road, some people never do, but then some of us come to our senses, and now the guilt and remorse now overweighs us. And now we're under that avalanche. And of course, we want to get out from underneath that. So it gives us another solution. Well, have a drink. And there we go again. And this thing just keeps reinvigorating itself. Like, uh, and there seems to be no human power that can stop it. Surely not us. So uh, the program of AA opens up a portal through doing the work, the steps, and our community, and taking the suggestions for a power that not doesn't, that's a greater power that doesn't seem to be accessible while under the tyranny of the lower power. By submitting ourselves to this program, that portal opens, and the grace of that higher power gives us a daily immunity to that first drink, the insanity that precedes that first drink. And then in, remarkable things happen. Yeah, By having that new employer, you know, we get placed in a position of neutrality with no thought or effort on our part. The problem doesn't exist for us. That kind of stuff. Yeah. So something, there's Paul. Paul was there as an active addict, and Paul seems to be there in recovery. What happened? Did Paul change so, so much? No. Something in Paul, or seemingly appearing as Paul, got altered. Yeah? And a lot of it was a dropping off, and now uh, the Petri dish has been shifted from acidic to alkaline. And now we're producing, our life isn't producing resentments and anxiety all day. It's producing compassion, uh, the spirit of service, yeah, the ability to enjoy peace of mind. All of these are possibilities, but they're based on the Petri dish we're in, yeah? Truly. You know, if you're in a acidic Petri dish, certain things are going to thrive in that condition, and other things won't. And it's the, op, the, the same conditions arise with the alkaline. Certain things thrive in that atmosphere and others don't. Yeah. So perhaps there's this better way of trusting the infinite rather than finite self. So let's tell the truth about the faith in finite self and where it has led us. 
And what happens when we live by that faith or that self-will run riot? Yeah? And to have an honest assessment by doing the fourth step to see our role in things. And hopefully when you see your role in things, you'll see self's role in things, as the term they use in the book, self. To me, and that idea of self represents a, like a foreign pathogen, a parasitical movement, whatever however you want to picture it, but as long as it's under the title other, yeah, other, it is not of me. Because the real root of it, what allows its defeat to continue is the act of being identified as it, yeah? The parasite has convinced the host it's the host. I mean, it's incredible. So even your desire or dreaming to be free includes the parasite. You want to be free as self instead of free from self. Yeah, that's fundamental, isn't it? If all of your movements or expressions could be put in two categories, one would be trying to be free as self and then recognizing and being free from self. Yeah, trying to be free as self, which is an impossible fucking mission, and or being free from self. Yeah. One is more of an expression, one is more of a way of life, the other is like a, a never-to-be-successful Don Quixote fucking mental trip, yeah? One is bondage. Freedom for self, the, the pursuit of freedom as and for self is bondage of self, yeah? It's bondage of self. So... There it is. Perhaps there's a better way. I didn't know I had faith in finite self. Yeah, that's why you're fucked, probably. So now you see the faith in finite self, and you see what that faith did when put in finite self. I live in a huge world of false evidence appearing real all day. Yeah, I have... Um, I have to go out in the back and milk resentments that are 40 years old. Because I have no sense of me without having these stories about how I became what I am. Yeah? I mean, you're, you're, you're feeding... <laughs> a resentment does not have a 40-year life expectancy. It's only when it's domesticated by us and calls my, then it can live for as long as we live. That's freaking insane. Yeah? And to most of us, what we call fear isn't fear, it's mental anxiety. Fear is derived from a valid emotion, yeah, that usually, when we're well-balanced, is triggered when there's a, a, a real threat, not a made-up from 2024, but a real threat right now, yeah? And usually, when you're in a real situation, there's no thought in there. When I was in the water and I noticed that shark, I wasn't thinking a lot. <laughs> the fear came over and then there was adrenaline and I tried to swim as fast as I could. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't thinking, oh, there shouldn't be a shark here. Why is that shark here? None of that. It was just, yeah, this anxiety, anxiety, anxiety. Yeah, we're in the habit of being anxious. Yeah. We're provoked into that state so easily. One thought can do it for some of us. 
Before, it would have to be a pounding story for a few days. Now it's like one thought. Wow, you know. We're in, and we're getting like, you know, these people who are doing microdosing of LL, LSD and shit, and other drugs. We're doing microdosing of electrocution. We're, we're electrocuting ourselves a little bit all day. Oh, oh, oh. You know, it's fucking, it's like... 45 appearances of the boogeyman every day. It's like we're a wreck. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to get out of that? But you can't get out of that as that. It just promotes the whole freaking loop. Yeah. Until the remorse and guilt gets so bad, you may take a life. You may take your own life. Yeah. You can't bear it anymore. You can't bear being sober because the remorse and guilt catches up to you. And you can't bear being drunk. Yeah? You're in a big pickle. And some people get moved to get, kill themselves. And there is and was a solution. There is and was one then. Yeah? But if you don't, if you keep calling it you... You're going to go down with the ship, yeah? When you could have jumped off the ship. Let the ship fucking sink. But if you're identified, you're going to go down with the ship. When it's sinking, you won't be able to... The possibility of being free from it or being able to jump off it won't come. It won't be available. You'll go down with the ship. Jesus, so... Yeah... Perhaps there's a better way. That's the only way, in a way, of recovery, which is trusting the infinite. But first, you've got to tell the truth about trusting the finite. Yeah? We've got to see how this condition is sustained, where even when we get sober from drinking, we're not drinking anymore, the disease is still thriving in us. Yeah? Yeah? We've taken away its seeming fuel, alcohol and drugs or whatever, and yet it still keeps thriving. Yeah. We have to see the nature of the wrong. The nature of the, nature of the wrong was not produced by drinking and using. It was amplified by drinking and using. It was not produced by drinking and using. Drinking and using was a, a way of trying to get out of it, really. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm so happy to be here because uh, because I'm here really. <laughs> That's basically it. <laughs> My day is already mapped out, so I just show up. So. <laughs> well, I, I don't see any hands up right now at the moment, but I, I just have a quick question about like the last part that you said, Paul. And that was that, um, that the drinking and using amplified it, okay? And that, and that it wasn't produced by it. So does, does, does for me, like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but does that, that explains a lot of the, the, the restless, irritable discontent that I found, like, when I was, like, 11 and 12 years old, when I was trying to use sports activities to try to get out of self. And, and, and that, and that, you know, that, you know, I had to, I had to work out for an hour and a half, but then once I found a beer, then it, 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 it gave me that ease and comfort instantly. And then, so then 
So then the, the sports got put on the back burner. And I, yes. never, and I never went back. Basically. Exactly. Because, oh. yeah, there was a need and an imperative that wasn't understood by us nor the people around us, probably. Yeah. And then, I mean, to me, when I was 12, drinking was like a medicine. And then, but my family and especially the authorities saw it differently. And their solution was punishment. But I didn't, I was that type that of an alcoholic that I was willing to pay any consequence tomorrow, not to feel uncomfortable today. So punishment didn't work for me. Yeah, it didn't steer me clear. I just was more and more secretive or more, I got more uh, slicker. Yeah. Yeah, something... Uh, and you'll know it when by its absence. When you're relieved of it, you'll realize what was going on. And I think every addiction is basically premised on trying to get out of self, really. Yeah. Eating a lot or whatever. It's, I think they're all basically... What you're into is different, but what you're trying to get out of is the same. Yeah, it's all trying to get out of self. And of course... We've run into that big statement that to me is so impactful, which is self can't get out of self. That We have to come to an understanding around that, or we're going to keep running into that same wall over and over and over again. Yeah, all The head will only change vehicles. It still hopes to get through. Yeah. It, it's not, it's not, I don't think it has the ability to learn self can't get out of self. That has to be learned somewhere else, the innermost or something. Something in your gut has to know, hey, I've tried 15 different modalities. The 16th ain't going to work. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, uh, you know. <laughs> I see it all day. You know, people call me and... They're not talking about drinking and using. They're talking about the underlying causes and conditions, but without an understanding, yeah? So they're getting batted around like a mouse would by a cat, and they can't understand what's going on, yeah? All they want to do is feel better. They don't understand why the whole house of cards collapses and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say the mental state obviously has an addictive quality. You can see it with technology now and uh, the absorption in the screen with people. I mean, it's going to be funny when they do like uh, archaeological digs of our time and they're going to find human skeletons with a certain roundness of the upper spine and the arms like this. They'll be wondering, were they reading deep? Deep fucking universal scriptures? No, they were fucking looking at TikTok. You know? I mean, it's going to be insane. Really, look at it. And then, Jesus. Wow. It's just unbelievable. And now, you know, well, whatever. <laughs> That's like the, the addiction of, you know, Narcissus and the pool. You know, is actually a, a prophecy of technology, really.
looking at your own reflection all day in this little mobile pool. Wow. So the head wants to get out as a form of making what it believes it's in as real. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird addiction. And so if you see it, when the feeling of you comes up, it says you've been this for 50 years. You're never in the act of becoming Joy or Mike or Paul. You are Joy, Mike or Paul. That's a, that belief limits so many possibilities. Because if you saw that you were in the act of becoming self, you would probably you know, no mas, you know, no, I sign off, is there any other options, whatever. But in fact, when the head presents the idea of self, it says you're it. <laughs> you're already tagged in the game. <laughs> so the only thing we can think of is one way, which is to get out, yeah? So when the irritability, restlessness, and discontent is cooking up its reaction, the reaction is, I want to get out of this, obviously. Not realizing the in is what's producing the irritable, restless, and discontent. And that in is going to also produce itself by trying to get out. Yeah? Because it's going to be the same thing that's in trying to get out. Self can't get out of self. And so it just keeps producing more agitation. That agitation leads to addictions like... Let me get a temporary relief. It's worth it. I'll go to jail for a few days just to get that rush of cocaine. It makes sense. It does. I'm going to eat this whole cake. I know my stomach is going to be terrible tomorrow, but man, I'm just going to eat the whole cake. Fuck it, you know? I can't get any relief, and it seems like there's a demand there, and I've got to have some relief. This is the bondage of self, yeah? It doesn't, let's say you can reach 12 feet, it doesn't take your ability to reach away, it just makes it can, you can only reach 8 feet, yeah? It limits possibilities, unbelievable. That's the bondage, it's like being bound by too tight a jacket, your movements get sort of confined, yeah? And if you think the jacket is your skin, how are you going to take it off? Yeah, you can't, yeah? So this, this whole story of the head is telling you you're it. How are you going to take you off of you? You can't. So you're trying to get out of it as it. That's the bondage of self. It's happening before you get sober and after you get sober. Yeah? Yeah. I feel, you know, at least to get clear or to hear a possibility, because, you know, this may be a radical way of looking at it, but uh, the umbrella of recovery is big enough to handle this radical way of looking at it, especially when it's based on a statement by the writers of the big book on page 64. I mean, seriously, we're not coming out of the Urantia book or something. It's big. It's right there on page 64. Being convinced self is what has defeated us, you know, manifested in various ways. You're telling me you're an AA member and you're not convinced of that? I could get, I could dispute you instead of having everyone disputing me. I could dispute these people pontificating for 40 years. 
and they're not in that condition of being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. They're not clear about it. Yeah. So burn me at the stake. I'm fine. <laughs> being convinced that self, being convinced self, there isn't that self or whatever. It's self. It's an idea. Being convinced this idea manifesting in various ways is what has defeated us. Are you at that point of being convinced? It's available right now. Being convinced, that means a present tense state, being. It doesn't say I was convinced or I'm going to be convinced. It's being. Right now, I'm in the state of being convinced. I'm clear. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to go through the experiences of being convinced. You're convinced, yes? You've been convinced a certain thing, that you're powerless over certain shit and that you're, you're not managerial quality. I'm convinced of that. All right? So now I've looked at my own, my role in things, and I've seen something else's role in things called self. And now I start seeing some of the manifestations that I used to call mine are actually, I can attribute to them to self. So why would I want to keep calling resentments generated from a point of view from self mine? It seems insane. Yeah, I would say that's the root of the problem. I keep calling self's manifestations mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I must be taking self's thoughts as mine. If I'm taking its manifestations, I'm definitely taking its thoughts. And basically, I'm being directed by a, an extreme fucking rogue system called self-centeredness with the amplification of alcoholism. <laughs> and that's what's living through me. And I have a very strong feeling, I feel like I'm being used for transportation. I do. <laughs> Something's living life through me, and it keeps bringing me an interpretation from its point of view that doesn't fit well. I feel like it doesn't, I don't, you know. I used to see it in the beginning when I was sponsoring people. I had a little trick where I'd say, listen, we're not even going to do the four-step inventory yet. We're going to do an inventory of just what happened today. So what time did you wake up? You took a shower. You had a cup of coffee. You put on your clothes. You drove to work. Because I'm telling you, you probably had a narration of the head saying, you're not doing anything. You need to be doing more. But You know, the critique. And then you see, well, it looked like I was actually quite busy. Yeah? So here's this narrative that's not even close to what's happening, that's overriding what's happening. That's the bondage of self. You're listening to an interpretation that's not even circa 2021. It's probably from 1998. And it's just hovering over the actual living, and you're paying more attention to that interpretation than the living. That's bondage of self. It's not even close. You did a lot. Hey, you're okay. You don't have to fucking acquire okayness. Who the hell said you're not, you've run out of okayness? Inherently, you're of spirit. You're okay. Why is it you have to fucking constantly go through an obstacle course and you're, the, the results of the race are based on the how the judges saw it? Well, you missed that fucking water hazard. 
You're wet, you're drenched. I didn't miss. No, you did. I saw you. You missed the water hazard. You haven't done enough. What are the, this is insane. Something's playing God in us, uh, with us. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so anyone have a question or anything? Share, whatever. All right, Paul. So uh, Mike has stepped out to grab the kids, so I'm stepping in for him for just one second. And we have a few questions here. Uh, first up is Bev. Bev, I'm asking you to unmute. Yeah, hey, everyone. Good afternoon or good morning, depending on where you are. Um, so I'm a little under the weather today, and I just have to say hallelujah because <laughs> it kind of reminds me of how I used to feel when I would be supremely hungover, and I'm just so glad I don't ever have to feel like this again, <laughs> at least of my own doing. Um, so that's a big hallelujah. But anyway, um, that wasn't my question. I don't really have a question, but um, Paul... So eloquently already answered it all. I just have been finding the last few days, maybe even longer, and maybe that's even why I'm sick right now. Um, it's like the the old employers started moving back in, like so without my knowing it. And oh my gosh, it's just horrible. I mean, I, I don't... It, it, it's like I, it makes me want to run out of my head even worse. You know, it's like when you go back to doing like the drinking and everything and you like pick up where you left off, except, you know, you're not any better, you're worse. I mean, I've heard people say that. It's just, it's like that. It's like when you go back under that old employer it, it's like it's so ramped up that you almost feel like you'll never get back out not that i don't know and like i said i'm not feeling really well today so that does make my head go a little bit south or my whole being seems um but anyway i mean you kind of answered already some of the stuff that was going on in my mind before i even spoke and i forgot to put my hand on um but i'm not drinking so that's really great that's all i wanted to say thank you so much paul and everybody else for showing up every tuesday and thursday here for me and everybody else thanks thanks bev and actually that's a huge deal that the basis is not drinking than drinking so it's a huge it's huge, really. And the beautifulness of it, it becomes normal, which the head doesn't seem to think that's great, but it's really great. Yeah. A whole new normal uh, is set up. Yeah. And when, you know, if you feel like you're outmatched and stuff, when, you ha when you're feeling better, the service is always a nice way of pulling the attention out of that orbit. Let it go somewhere outside of this. Because we have strong energy, and it's sort of like when I was a kid, I'd be interested in looking at that bug, and so I get my mother's magnifying glass, 
I had no idea of location of the sun and the sun was coming over my shoulder so I was looking at the bug I burnt it to death yeah because the light was getting magnified going through that well we're like that that's what part of obsession with self is a magnification yeah of interest and attention stuck on one object and that doesn't do it's not a healthy condition yeah so there, that's why there's so many skillful means in recovery offered, like, you know, serenity, prayer, stuff like that, just to try to break that, that uh, momentum and let that attention go, get, you know, sent somewhere else, yeah? And so, because what the attention does brings back is a possibility of, you know, I would think all of this concaveness was about promoting Paul, but it actually doesn't. Yeah, so you start realizing you you're feeling better when you've lost yourself when you've yeah you're not the topic of conversation inside all day yeah, and yeah. so you get free samples and hopefully those grooves become habits. So now the interest and attention isn't in a set orbit, yeah. It's here and it goes out all day. Yes, enriching the day instead of enslaving. Yeah. So well, there, there was an interesting, I went for a walk yesterday um, and I was just thinking about how, you know, I'm just like surrendering, like almost with every step. It's just like, I have just, I'm just, I'm feeling like I'm shedding or trying to shed some things as I'm walking and, and, I'm, and, you know, that focus is on me. I could feel it. And, um, when I got back to my car, I, I, my phone had an email on it. It was from a, the lady that um, is a secretary at my home group. And for some reason, the email was just sent to me. And she asked if I would be interested in talking to somebody that she had been contacted. And I'm, I'm not in the program yet six months. I'm close. But I was so afraid. It was like, I'm not, I'm not work. I can't talk to somebody as a spot. I can't do that. I can't do that. And it was like, something came over me and said, well, this is when you're supposed to trust. Right? Yes. yes. Like you're supposed to trust. Maybe this lady needs you to call her. So it was so strange. It was like, I didn't even have to do anything. There it was. I mean, it just happened while I was not even looking and I get back and there it is. And so I did call her and I mean, the ball is rolling, but it forced me to just step back out of the picture. You know, like I, I know I can't do it. I know I don't know what to say to this person, but it will come out. It will come out of this somehow. I just know it, you know, whatever words, she needs to hear if I just don't think about it and just get out there and get it off myself, like what you're saying. And um, I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful for everybody in my life right now, all y'all and my home group. And you know, you that think becomes more the norm, but that will become more the norm, all that. The intuitive thought, this, uh, that's why it's healthy uh, in most cases to say yes to the invitations of recovery, you know, 
because yeah. it isn't about you. That's the point. If you're willing to show up, something will use you to do what it wants to do. Yeah, I've been living under that theme for 30 something years doing, you know, being asked to speak and stuff like that. I've shown up at every talk because I've never shown up, tell you the truth. Yeah, because if my if my ability to spoke or to speak was based on my conditions and circumstances, I would cancel quite a lot. Yeah, but it isn't. That's the good news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Bev, you're going to have tons of that stuff. It happens. Everyone, everyone in recovery uh, starts seeing the, uh, the divine coincidences starting to appear. And yeah, you just have eyes to see the dance steps. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I have to add one more funny thing is that the next day, today, I got an email from the same lady that said, oh, that email was supposed to go to everybody in the group. <laughs> yeah. It just just, yeah. Yeah, exactly. This is, uh, what, I mean, this is uh, you know, like, what did they say? It's God's way of staying anonymous, you know? It's just, yeah, yeah. keeps, yeah, yeah. Anyways, thank you, Paul. Yeah, and see, what happens is those, uh, those uh, recognitions and demonstrations produce an intimacy with that which can't be seen, so to speak, yeah? You start having a, a real sense of uh, of it. Yeah, it's awesome. So great. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Paul, we have another question here. We have one from, or, well, Kurt had his hand up, but uh, he, he lowered it, seems. View, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Hi. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, dude. I'm with my, thank you. Hi, it's Bo. Um, oh, that's a nickname, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> um, I I didn't have a question exactly. I just wanted to express gratitude um, to you, Paul. Um, I've been saying the same kind of thing for um, like maybe a year and a half now. Um, to either my friends in the program or other people around me just being like, this isn't this, we seem to be just scratching the surface of what the actual issue is. Um, and so it's, it's very much of, um, it's very refreshing to hear someone else say that, um, to kind of point to what the actual issue is um, and that there is still a solution there and there was a solution even when we didn't recognize it in active addiction it's it's just um yeah it's just very refreshing um i wish there were more um like actual structured programs or meetings that had to do with the non-dual approach with recovery but for now, this is, this is wonderful. So thank you. Thank you. Yes. Well, 
There will be, you know. Don't worry. There will be, yeah. It's like the seed, you know, like the spores get carried in the in the wind. So Zoom is like a wind. So you can disperse seeds on a larger area. And then those seeds will take off and people have a knowing of something and then there'll be words put to it. And yeah, yeah, that's how it works. You just have to be persistent with the spores. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Uh, thanks, bro. All right, we have another question here from Nate. Nate, I'm going to ask you to unmute. All right, where is Nate? Yeah, I'm right here. Hey, uh, Paul, everybody. Nate, alcoholic. Uh, Paul, haven't seen you in a few years. Uh, used to see you quite often. My first time tuning in, I'm not exactly sure about the uh, <clears throat> protocol here, uh, but I do have something that I wanted to speak about uh, in, um, in relation to, you know, being convinced. You know, I've been sober long enough, sponsored enough guys, have a sponsor myself. Yeah, I'm convinced. Okay, man, self man, manifested in various ways. But what I find is that even though I'm sober, even though I, I have recovered, I don't view myself as a recovering alcoholic. I view myself as a recovered alcoholic. Self manifested in various ways still pops up. Like self hasn't been entirely defeated out of my thorough existence. So in the book and with sponsors, it's I'm taught to pause when agitated, right? When these things come up, when these feelings come up and immediate re reactions come up. And I wondered if you could talk just a little bit about the process of the pause and how getting to that point can lead to what I've heard you say as being a constant state or living in the pause. I don't know if that's uh, uh, something that you would talk about here. It's something that came up for me as the reading and listening to the shares today. So however you wanna take that, uh, I appreciate it. And uh, it's, uh, it's good to see you and to hear you. That, that's all I have, thank you. Thanks, Nate, nice to see you. Uh, yeah, the pause is uh, something that pe most people in recovery are familiar with. It's uh, uh, it's like a timeless moment in time. Yeah, so that pause, I would say, is our nature. So of course, uh, when we're when there's agitation coming from the mental nature, let's say, in other areas, to have the ability to go back to home base, so to speak, yeah, pause, uh, you'll see things in a new way, yeah. So that pause, again, you don't know how it, it occurs, but you can entertain it, just like surrender. So if surrender happens and uh, 
now you can entertain surrender. So it comes, becomes surrendered. So the pause is something that can become obviously much more frequent. And, and even though you may not be even having the experience of the pause, the pause is influencing a lot of the day. Yeah? Yeah. So, yeah, I feel the pause is, uh, is, uh, is a quote-unquote appearance of our real nature, so to speak. Yeah? It's obviously way prior to thought and everything else. And uh, I think that's, what we're, that's where we're at, actually, is at the pause. We're not at the mental agitation. We're at the pause. Yeah, so that's how I see it. And that's why I said you can live from a pause because it's like living from what you are. <laughs> yeah, we are doing that, but there can be an awareness of it or a knowing of that. Uh, yes. Yeah. So the pause is, you know, it's an event, but there's also an invitation in there also. Yeah, you can, it can lead to a lot of other, like uh, a stabilized pause. Yeah, yeah. Because you get a little pit of the pie, it's, it's, it's the same ingredients of the whole pie. Yeah, so yeah. 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 I really have an intimate thing with pause. So I think most people in recovery, and you could say I'm recovered, and I'm in, I'm in, uh, and I'm in recovery. <laughs> I'm always recovering, but I'm recovered is the thing. Yeah, that's funny. But yeah, I feel the pause. Uh, if you don't, if it hasn't happened in a way, it will, if you stay with the program. <laughs> that's for sure. I mean, that's the sort of, in a weird way, that's one of the revelations of the spiritual awakening, is you awaken up, you, you awaken to the pause as the pause, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it means a lot. I'm sure it does for most people in these squares. Pause has a lot of meaning to me, a lot of uh, sense feltness. Yeah. There, before, there was no... There was no option. It was just full steam ahead, yeah? Something came up, there was a reaction, rushed to fucking doing something. And then, you know, then you're on the consequential level, then you're trying to duck and avoid the shit hitting the fan, you know? Fucking, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel the four pauses are really, it's a free sample of what we are, really. Yeah. So, all right, thanks. Thanks, Nate. I hope, awesome. that, was, I hope that was close to the answer, <laughs> answering of it. Good. Okay, next up we have Kurt Z. Kurt Z asking. Hey, buddy. He's so, just uh, asking a question to be of service to others, so go ahead. <laughs> so I was going to go back to the reading, but, uh, you know, the, the whole pause, I appreciate you, you saying that that's, that's the primary place, that position of neutrality, that that's the primary place. But here's what I wanted to read. It was, says, 
On the other hand, strange as it may seem to those who do not, once a psychic change has occurred, the very same person who seemed doomed, who had so many problems he ever despaired of solving it, suddenly finds himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol. So I get this is an objective experience from someone looking at us from the outside. But my experience is, and we talk about this a lot, is uh, it's not about control. If the problem's been removed, then there's not a need to control it. Yes. And uh, that, because that control, it says, you know, in the book, it says, by every form of self-deception experimentation, I'll prove myself an exception to the rule, therefore in control of it. So we always emphasize this in the beginning because power, control, and choice. You know, the way it was posed to me was, if I lose one, do I lose all three? And so it's interesting, you know, you got Silkworth who's looking at it from the outside, but the subjective experience is when you realize, oh, and I, I, this, I'd even say this back to Nate's thing, when you say recovered, it's like, well, yeah, you're not doing battle with it anymore. You, you, you realize it's been removed. And the next step, is this condition you were talking about, where you realize this is the position of neutrality. Like thought, the thought and agitation isn't primary. Like I used to think that was my default was self-centeredness. It's not. My default is like you said, that position of neutrality or that present state place like that pause, right? Like that's where you can live from. And that's that gives you a whole different view. It's kind of like I tell people, get get some popcorn, sit down and watch the show, you know? Because that's yeah. that's kind of how it so I just wanted to throw that in there. Well, thank you, bro. Yes. Yes. Now you're getting into some tasty morsels. <laughs> well, I think uh you know, they wrote the book, and of course, no matter how many ways they said it, people were sort of disguising the, the fact of powerlessness. So that feeling of having some control return was maybe a, a goodie they threw out. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm sure someone who likes control would surely love to be able to control their drinking or control the desire to drink. But yeah, because the powerlessness, yes, the, uh, yeah, I don't have a desire to drink. That's how it happened with me. But I've been fortunate because I got struck that way and I never had a strong or have had a strong desire or a thought to drink or use for 33 years. So it sort of ran its course. I wasn't dead after the race was over so i had a i got put into a new race <laughs> but see, so far the addiction the act of addiction had run its course man. thank god <laughs> that's why i say man hopefully you're done before you're done meaning dead i hope this is done in your life before you're done so that you can have a new life yeah fucking far out yeah, I think uh, the spiritual awakening is, 
in a way is you you've been awakened to the idea that there's something prior than thought and and this and that and so you can live from there which we are at all times actually but we think we're up in the ass of self but you can actually be conscious of living from there so yeah yeah thanks Paul yeah that pause is like a huge space really even though it may seem it only lasts for a second or two I used to say instead of asking the genie you know for three wishes ask for three pauses if you had three pauses, if you looked at your whole life, your whole life look, would have looked different. Yeah? If there was just a pause, like before I got in the car and dro drove to that bar and got run over by the car. <laughs> but most of my life was bereft of pause. And then now it's uh, based on pause. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, pause has a is a huge potentiality, even though it may not seem to last long. A whole life could change in there. It's like almost like a maelstrom of possibility. I feel it's super still, but there's a lot of possibility there. Yeah, yeah. So I feel we're all. Everyone has that. If you've been in recovery. There's been, you've probably witnessed or experienced pause. And, uh, and that's, you know, just like we sincerely experience the pause, then we get established in the pause, you know, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to see life be from before thought, for sure. <laughs> that's an upgrade, a huge upgrade. If I see life after thought, I've gotten a very empty interpretation that's got me really pissed off usually and uh, resentful <laughs> and feeling I haven't got what I deserve and shit like that. <laughs> so, yeah. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Kurt. All right, well, that's all for the questions we have for today, Paul, um, unless you have something else or if anybody else has a question today, we can um, get that fielded for you. If not. Well, that's awesome. That was a nice day. Okay. Well, let's, like, let's uh, thank Michael Stace S for, uh, and Jacob for running the show today. Let's oh, thank Mike Z for uh Susan, yeah. Paul, Susan, Susan just raised her hand. Could we uh, have okay. She's just <laughs> gonna try to bother me. All right, Susan. Sorry, Paul. Um <laughs> <laughs> so really quick question. Um hopefully with a short answer. But when you were talking about um the pause and trying to stay in the pause or whatever, not trying not to. Right, no, yeah, not trying to stay in it, no. Okay, so that's the question. When the pause comes and then like you were talking about in the morning or whatever, you get up and the head's already telling you you're behind and you could have done this and you should have done that. Or what do you do? I already know what the answer is going to be. But um, when that chatter happens, how do you 
not jump on the bus when that door opens how do you avoid from getting in and going for the ride because uh because i think i see a bigger picture now i see the sky in the background and the bus and maybe my head says it gets on the bus but i don't think i've left the sky or the background no literally yeah so my head says a lot of shit. It proclaims I'm somewhere that I'm not and I'm doing something that I shouldn't, that I'm not, or whatever. Yeah, so basically it wants me only to see the bus, the interior of the bus, so then I believe I'm on the bus. But, you know, there's always windows and you're always seeing the space. And uh, so the performance comes and goes, yeah. It looked like I got on the bus, but it pulls off and I'm still here. Yeah, and it's on and on. And so after a while, thousands of repetitions of seeing all the stuff, uh, you get established in certain conditions. So, yeah. I also want to say thanks. I really appreciate this format. And like someone said earlier, I hope we get to do more recovery meetings, like with this base to it and this flavor because it's huge huge and i appreciate you paul immensely thank you well, I appreciate you honey yeah and you know like today i woke up uh before when i would be resting and the head was going uh off i would think the head going off was negating the resting now i don't see it that way I'm laying very peacefully and the head's running like on a treadmill, but I haven't left the bedroom. So, yeah. So that which was sort of almost like an, an antagonistic thing is more a big space with shit happening in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's the same event, but it's just held differently. So now I lay there and I'm, you know, there's sounds you can hear. You know, there was a trip, one of those things they sent out into space, like uh, the Voyager, and it went way past a lot of planets. They sent back, uh, empty space has a hum to it. There's a sound, yeah, of the waves, the plasma waves shit. Almost like a plasma wave breaking on the shore of nothing. There's a sound. There's sounds in us. You can rest there also. Yeah. There's a hum of the I am, so to speak. And if you pay a little attention to it, it'll become more attractive to the head. Yeah, because it's before every other sound. Yeah. So there's, yeah. The thoughts don't make anything so. We want, you know, it's the my that allows a lot of meaning to be given to thoughts, the idea of being the thinker. But if you notice thinking and you're noticing from some other where, place, you can't be the thinker. You must be the noticer of everything. Yeah, so maybe that's our nature. We're more of a contextual thing, not all the particular shit going on. I mean, maybe we're like a big sky that allows whatever, whatever happens to appear in it but ultimately is not affected by any of it. Yeah, I would say we're more like that, yeah? Or the Course in Miracles says, you know, 
your attack thoughts are attacking your invulnerability. So you're truly untouchable, so how can you be attacked? Yeah. So yeah, that kind of spirit, I think, gets... It's almost like a slipper that gets well-worn, you know? You're just... You wear these ideas, they start becoming what... They become you, so to speak, and then you live from there. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks, Susanna. Always a pleasure to see you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this stuff, this message is getting out there. It's going to be available. Yeah. The best of Paul Hedeman will be around after Paul leaves, seemingly. <laughs> Hosts, save those old CDs. They're valuable. <laughs> From 1990-something. So, yeah, thanks, everybody. Oh, let me say goodbye. I didn't do that. Alex, nice to see you. Looks beautiful out there. Very nice. We got uh, Eamon. Nice to see you, Eamon. Leah, as always. Yes, she's got a sort of a bib on. Looks like a bib. Oh, all right. I love when you have a tablet and you haven't written anything. That's good. That's progress, Leah. Progress. We got Joseph, as always, from France. Susanna, Walter from the Netherlands. He's leaving. Nice to see you, Walter. We got Ruby Rose from Wichita, holding the fort in the, in the west. We got Stefan on having never left. We have Nate. Nice to see you, Nate. We got Chris B. Looking fucking uh, primal there. We got Kristen. Nice to see you, honey, outside. We got uh, Tom from uh, Keene, New Hampshire. I sort of liked it there. I used to live in Washington, New Hampshire, up there. Yes. Kerry, always, Hawaii transplant. Yes. Fantastic. Noah, nice to see you, Noah. Yeah, very nice. Kurt, as always, the wise one from Redondo Beach. Rich A., Always a pleasure, yes. Jacob, M Michael S., thank you for doing the service, Michael. Always for helping out the meeting. Alex again. Uh, we got Mike Z. He's the backbone of Zen, Batch, Zen Bitch Slap organization. <laughs> we have Tommy there. We got Bev. Paul. Nice to see you, Paul. Uh, we got, what's this, Alex? Oh, she, she's outside. We got Rob Farr, always. We got Jill, or Gil, Leeds. She's in Leeds, United Kingdom. Mm. Carl, nice to see you, Carl. Uh, we got this group already. We've got this group. Oh, Kana, nice to see you, Kana. We got Nina, always a pleasure. Nina, make sure you let me know when you're coming and stuff. So You don't want yeah. to surprise? <laughs> uh, you can surprise, but I may not be here, so you better call. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I uh, there's Monique, the, uh, the ceremonial queen of Alberta. There she is. Nice to see you. Say hello to mom for me. 
Uh, we got Tanya with her lovely child. Nice to see you. Nice to see you, honey. Yes. Ah, yes. This is what's this? Oh, yeah, it's very good. We got it. Stefan on having never left. Malkin. Malkin truly hasn't left. Never hasn't left today. Nice to see you, Malkin. Oliver, thanks for that opportunity to share it at that meeting. Oliver, pleasure. My pleasure too. Celia, oh Celia, always nice to see you. Yep, live or not live. Uh, Maggie, we got Elysio, uh Susanna W. She's left the room. Thanks everybody. Thanks so much for all the support. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, see you tomorrow, whatever day. See you. Bye.